Welcome to No Red Pen, the podcast that helps you make the most of technology in your classroom. I'm your host, Tom Mullaney. This week, Google has a new note-taking app for touchscreen Chromebooks. PlaySpace is coming to Google Workspace. And 360 Schools, is it a tour creator replacement? Let's go. So we'll get started this week with Cursive, and I just want to mention... Last episode, I did mention that I would next be here with Google Docs. That will be next week. When I conceived of this podcast, I wanted it to be like the now defunct Dribble Overtime podcast. And in that podcast, the host, Meg Lewis, would talk about two or three things that were up in the world of design and creativity. And this summer, at the beginning of the summer, I was able to do that. There was late breaking news, all sorts of updates and things. And then that kind of stopped. And so now we're back to it. There's news and things coming back. So I wanted to address some things that made news in the ed tech sphere in the last week or so. And then next week, we're going to do a deep dive into Google Docs and especially things in Google Docs that really two years ago you could not do. And now we can do a whole lot more. So stay tuned for that one. Anyway, let's talk about cursive for a minute. So if you may remember, there's a website called canvas.apps.chrome. That's Chrome Canvas. And what that is, is that's a website made by Google, and it really only works on Chromebooks. And there you can draw. There's some sliders for opacity and brush size. So it's a little bit like Adobe Apps, and it's a really nice thing, and it's exclusive to Chromebooks. Well, now it has a brother or sister, if you will, and that's called Cursive, cursive cursive.apps.chrome. And don't even try this on a non-Chromebook. Ooh, it uh, it renders really roughly and you can't edit. You can sometimes see on other devices your cursive notes, as they're called. With your Chromebook, now this is really only going to work. You could use a mouse on cursive, but this is for touchscreen Chromebooks. And it really works best for touchscreen Chromebooks that have styluses with them. So I use my stylus on my Dell Inspiron Chromebook. And it's a really, it's pretty nice. Now, it's not 100% ready to go. There are little things. So you get a pen, you get a highlighter and eraser, and you're supposed to be able to do some fun things. Like if you scribble on a word, it will the scribble will flash blue, and then if you tap it, it will delete the word. It's That's kind of nice. There's a little tool for expanding lines. So if you either click that tool or draw a line in, in between text, what it will allow you to create room to add more text between the text. What I've noticed is sometimes it pulls some words with it. It's a little hard to explain on a podcast, but all in all, Cursive, I'd say, is off to a good start. If you have a touchscreen Chromebook, take a look at it. Uh, If you have a stylus with your Chromebook, all the better. It really works best when you turn your Chromebook around and make it kind of um, portrait. I like to say it's like a digital legal pad. Now, I've definitely seen some things on social media where people are saying, eh, it's not working great. And I think it may vary Chromebook to Chromebook. Chrome Unboxed did a video, it was really well done, where they talked about lag, you know, when you write with your stylus and it doesn't appear for a split second or so. And they talked about palm rejection. So if you rest your palm on the screen and then start writing. But what I've noticed is when I write on my Dell Inspiron Chromebook, The lag is barely anything. I mean, it's really good. And there's no palm rejection issue either. So if your students use touchscreen Chromebooks, you may want to try it. I do think that it will get a little bit better over time. I think it's kind of 
not 100% ready to rock yet, but check it out, cursive.apps.chrome. I'll link it and my video about it in the show notes. Google recently acquired a website called PlaySpace, and the website URL is play.space. Now, guess what? You can't try out PlaySpace because as of September 9th, PlaySpace is shutting down, and they are going to become part of Google Workspace. So think about all the cool new features we've seen. We've seen integrations with Google Meet. We've seen smart chips. Uh, we've seen checklists. So they're really at Google trying to make this Google Workspace a thing and a real competitor to, say, Slack, Microsoft, what have you. Now, PlaySpace is this kind of interesting thing where it was like a three-pronged approach. There was a whiteboard, which is a little reminiscent of Jamboard. There was a scratch pad where you'd have kind of like notes and things of that nature, uh, which looked a little bit like Google Docs, a little bit. And then you could also play music so that everybody hears the same song. And this all happened with video. And while contributors put things on the whiteboard or the scratch pad, you could actually see their little icon doing it. So think about Google Workspace apps such as Jamboard or Meet or Docs. And it's a lot of the same things, but just not as tied together as this PlaySpace thing is. So now the question becomes, if PlaySpace is coming to Google Workspace, what does that mean? Does it mean it will inform Google Workspace apps and improve them, or will it become its own app? And so I'll give you a couple examples. So you may remember, if you've been teaching long enough, you may have used a tool called Flubaroo or Flubaroo. And Flubaroo, what it did was it made your Google Forms a quiz with correct and incorrect answers. I remember I would go after my kids took a little quiz in Google Forms, and I would use the Flubaroo add-on in Sheets to generate everyone's score. What happened was Google acquired Flubaroo. Flubaroo is not really much of a thing anymore, but they then made quiz mode in Google Forms. However, Google has also acquired Waze. Google has acquired YouTube, and those didn't become, like Waze didn't become part of Maps. Waze is still a standalone. And obviously, YouTube is a standalone. They never changed that. So it's a real question of what's going to happen and when. We don't have any idea yet about timing. Um, but if you, you know, I'll put the link to PlaySpace and to a couple articles, the 9 to 5 Google and the Chrome Unbox in the show notes. Take a look and just get some ideas about some improvements from PlaySpace that may be coming to Google Workspace. So you know I've written and spoken on this podcast a lot about Google Expeditions, going to Google Arts and Culture, and the real sad aspect of that, that Google Tour Creator just went away, it's gone, right? There's no replacement for it. So Mrs. Catherine Green on Twitter, uh, at Ms. Green with a silent E, E-D-U, she has shared and tagged me in the tweet, and I appreciate that, something called 360 Schools. It's a school's version of 360 Cities. That is a bit of a tour creator replacement. I took a look at it. By the way, Miss Green, Catherine Green, one of the very best social studies teachers on Twitter. She shares so many good things. Definitely want to follow her. I will link her tweet in the show notes. And so this website, which they refer to as 360 Schools, has a number of 360 images throughout the earth. Now, is it all of Google Street View like tour creator? No. At the same time, when you look at the Earth, at first it's like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'm seeing maybe 100 
scenes, but zoom in. Say you want to look at, say, Philadelphia or Washington, D.C. or New York or Los Angeles. Zoom in and you'll notice there are so many 360 images. So now that's what you can use for your scenes. And the scenes or the tours kind of work a little bit like Google Earth projects in that you can add one of three things. They call them slides. So if you add a slide, you can add the panorama, which is those 360 images, and you can then search their database of, th of free images. And it's not bad. Again, it's, not, it's no Google Street View, but it's not bad. By the way, this all lives at schools.360cities.net. I'll link that in the show notes. Then there's a text. Uh, so actually, let's talk about panorama. So if you put that 360 scene, now remember in Tor Creator, you could add points of interest with text, with images, with audio. You can add points of interest, but they are only text. So that's not that exciting, but you can do that. Then you can add a slide that's just text. I've done that. I haven't loved it, to be honest with you. The texting. So in your points of interest, you can hyperlink. You cannot hyperlink or add images to the text slides. They're not that great, but it's something. It's something to add a little text and some context and some direction as students move through the tour. And then the third type of slide is a quiz. And the quiz are just multiple choice questions. It will tell the students when they get them right and wrong because if you click the right answer, it goes green. If you click a wrong answer, it's red. So it's nice that they can keep trying till they get that green answer, I suppose. The one thing about it is you only have three option choices. So it's a multiple choice question. It's not a short answer. And you get one, two, or three options uh, depending on what you choose. So I would suggest playing with this, seeing if there's things you want to do with it. Now, I can't really, I haven't really looked for the uh, app. I don't know that there's a mobile app or a way to like force students on a tour. Um, but if you look at one of these on a phone, there is a button you can press in their panorama 360 images that you can use to, um, you know, see it in a VR as like a VR headset. So that's not bad. Uh, it's called 360 Schools. Again, do we have as much functionality in the points of interest? Do we have all of Google Street View? No. But do we have a lot of what made Tour Creator good and what teachers might like to use and be able to share? And one of the share buttons is, of course, to Google Classroom. So that's nice. So there are some things there that you want to take a look at. Thank you again, Catherine Green, for sharing it. Well, that's this week's no red pen thank you so much for joining me if you want to bring me into your schools for some professional development like this go to tomalini.com consulting and we can work together you can hear my voice virtually in person who knows we'll see thanks so much for listening next week google docs have a great week stay safe everybody